podcaster passionate about empowering youth to raise their voices and tell their stories. On Global Youth Matters, they tell their stories in their own voices on their own terms. They have faced life challenges, social, emotional, health, physical, economic, political, and more. They've gone through rough times and have come out on the other side. Get ready because they'll blow your mind. I'm going to let them talk because their voices matter on Global Youth Matters. Hi, I'm here with Natalie Hanby today, one of my dearest, 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 almost sister, daughter. I'm here today to talk to her, and I would love, Natalie, if you could just go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Natalie, and I'll be an incoming junior at the University of Michigan. I'm studying biomedical engineering, and I'm also consecutively taking pre-med classes to hopefully go to med school one day. It's still a bit in the air, but I think I'll figure it out as I go. That's the plan, at least. And I absolutely love what I'm studying. It was a bit of a long journey to get there, but I'm happy I took that road because... I can't imagine doing anything else. I absolutely love my classes. And I guess for my family, I'm from a family of four. I have an older brother, a mom, a dad, and uh, we've always been super close-knit. And I'm half Middle Eastern, half white, pretty much. My mom's side of the family is Syrian-Palestinian, and I'd say it's a pretty big part of my identity. I'm super close to her family. And I've been to the Middle East once, but it was quite a while ago, and I want to go back. It's just obviously hard to do so in current times. And then my dad's side of the family is Polish, Czechoslovakian, just a big mix. But the two sides of the family are completely opposites, but I absolutely love that because I get a little bit of a mix of a very loud and culturally rich family and then a more sedate um, family. But it's great to have both sides. And I'm close to my brother. He's three years older than me, and he went to MSU. And then I recently lost my dad, but me and my mom are very close. My dad was diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma in 2012, and he went through a very aggressive surgery along with chemo and radiation and survived another nine years, but then was re-diagnosed with stage four lung cancer a year and a half ago. So growing up with a sick parent is a little interesting. Um, It's definitely something hard to deal with. You see a lot of ups and downs, but... Um, The past year and a half has definitely been very hard on me, my family, and of course him. And he passed away about two and a half weeks ago. So yeah, we're still coping with that, but getting through it. Wow. So that's a lot and very fresh. So I just wonder, you know, um, if you could maybe... I I guess go a little backwards just I mean I'm wondering right the question Mm -hmm. is is that does that influence your decision interest passion for medicine yeah most definitely um I've always been interested in medicine both my parents uh were dentists or are dentists and they loved it teeth don't interest me very much but once my dad was diagnosed it definitely it, it pushes you to want to make a change for people like him and families like ours. It's horrible seeing what he has to go through and the quality of life that he had, especially near the end. And my, I guess my goal in life now is to do anything to help in the world of oncology at all. I, I do research at school. I do cancer research for women with ovarian cancer. It's like a tissue engineering lab. It's a biomedical engineering lab. I'm working on a project to create an artificial ovary. And the goal is for the ovary to have both endocrine and reproductive function for women who have had ovarian cancer. 
And it's something that it's probably my favorite activity that I'm a part of at school. I absolutely love it. And just being around people who know so much more than you. I'm definitely the dumbest person in the room at all times, but I kind of like it. I feel like a sponge and I'm just always absorbing new things. But I want to continue doing that if I go to med school or if I don't and just continue doing research in general. I thought about doing and I still contemplate going like the PhD route just to maybe specialize in oncology research, but something about a PhD is a little too individual for me. And I think I would get very frustrated very quickly. It's a lot of working on projects that don't work out. So I don't know, but I definitely want to continue doing research. That's for sure. That's pretty amazing for a 20 year old to actually (laughs) be doing so much. And I'm really, really sorry about your dad. Thank you. very, very, very special in this world. Oh, I, I know knew very well. So is that those are that's your passion? Your your or is there anything else that you would describe as your sort of passion? Yeah, I would say research is something I'm very passionate about. And just in general learning, I think like the past two years, when I started school, maybe it was because it was COVID times. I kind of felt like I was just going through the motions of school, getting assignments done, finishing classes, but I think one thing I specifically learned this year, just because I've started to get into my more upper level classes and like not just these weeder classes with 300 people, it's they're a lot more specific to things that I actually like. And I've just actually appreciated what I'm learning and I get excited about it. Of course, studying isn't the most fun things, but fun thing in the world. But it's made me realize that school is definitely something that I like and want to continue doing and continue into higher education. And um Yeah. So I'd say I'm just, I'm passionate about getting to know new things in the world and especially meeting new people who know more than me or have just had different experiences than me. I just, I'd rather be in a room with people with 10 different viewpoints than all the same, because even if I don't agree, it just, there's no growth happening. And U of M is a great place for that because everyone has an opinion on everything. And I feel like I'm constantly learning from not only my professors, but peers. That's wonderful. I guess, you know, a big question to me is like, what are, I'm sure there are, I mean, to be so dedicated and driven and to go to, you know, University of Michigan, which is not so easy to get into and to be doing what you're doing while you're, I'm sure there were a number of challenges on the way probably related, I think, to the health of your father and maybe other things that you might want to share with us and how you, you maintain or that sort of devotion and dedication to school at the same time. Yeah, most definitely. I think, especially over the past year, as his health really started to decline, I've always thought like the two worst or hardest emotions to deal with are fear and guilt. And I feel like I've been living in a constant state of those two emotions for a year and a half now, because I was always fearful. My parents would go to appointments every week, twice a week, And I'd be sitting in class just waiting and waiting for the text, waiting for the phone call, waiting for something bad to happen, even though sometimes nothing bad would happen. It'd be the same. But you kind of when you're given a timeline of, oh, someone has about 20 months to live, you know where it's going to end. And so you're kind of just sitting on this big ball of fear and and just waiting for the inevitable to happen. And then as for guilt, as a 19, well, now 20-year-old, you want to go do your 19, 20-year-old fun activities and everyone in college is living it up and trying to make the most of every second, but it's hard to do that. And my parents 
are like literally the best in the world and never made me feel guilty. It was definitely self-inflicted, but it's hard to go out and have a fun time when you know your mom's at home taking care of her, I mean, to put it bluntly, her dying husband. And you go home and you visit and he's doing worse every time and you feel so guilty for being at school. But I mean, I have class five days a week and it's only an hour away, but to make the trip back and forth all the time, it's not only physically exhausting because the time it takes, but mentally exhausting to go see that and then just have to jump back into school where everyone seems to be happy and loving their 20s. It's it's a hard thing to deal with. And I think that at this age, um, everyone's kind of going through their own thing. And it's definitely a time for like self-development and stuff. But I've definitely felt like this, for me at least, has not been the best time of my life. And it's a time where I can't really focus on myself too much because there's bigger things on my plate. And I'd much rather be focusing on spending time with someone I love who I know I have a limited time with than going out every Friday night (laughs) with my friends rather than going home and actually doing what's important to me for the time being. So, so how did you kind of, those are very two strong and understandable emotions in your situation. Like how were you able to maintain focus and manage, you know, sort of, you said the fear and the guilt? Well, at first I definitely wasn't able to, I was every, my mind just felt very clouded. I couldn't concentrate on school. I was doing books poorly in classes at first. And then when I was home, I was also unhappy because I knew I'd have to go back soon. And again, just like feeling that constant guilt. But I found that just talking to people, I have a very supportive family and friend group. I live with my closest friends and they helped me through everything. Um, Even just going for a walk and not even talking about it, but doing things to kind of get it off your mind. And most importantly, just being intentional with your time. I try to do like each year for New Year's resolutions, I always try to like pick out a word for the year. And this year, my word was intentional because it's not, it's, it's a waste of energy to be doing something, but be thinking about something else. So while I'm at school, be intentional, study hard, hang out with your friends, do whatever you like. And when you're at home, be intentional at that time. Don't think about, oh, I should be at school studying, doing this, like spend the time with your family, spend the time with my dad and do whatever fun things we can do together and just with intention, you know, be present in that moment. I think we all need to make that as our New Year's resolution. (laughs) It's a tough one, but it's when you have it in mind, it's a little, it's easier to try to apply it at least. Mindful and intentional. That's really amazing and important for all of us, right? Because we're, so tell me a little bit more, like, you know, how do you, well, I guess, you know, we, we touched on this a little bit and how how is that your you know your experiences impacted you or made you who you are today? I mean, how do you think that trans kind of transformed you a little bit or did it or Yeah, it's definitely changed the way I think a lot. I'm someone who has always really liked to have control of every situation. Like just being in control is something that I didn't realize I was so reliant on, but when you have something like a family member with an illness, control is stripped from you. You have zero control in that situation, not only because it's not you, but you don't know how someone's going to react to treatment or how much time they have left. And so at first I had a really hard time not being able to like get a grasp of anything. And I felt like I, I was just, I don't even know how to put it into words, but when you don't have control over a situation, you just feel helpless, I guess. 
And I quickly realized that there are many situations in life where you're not going to have control. And sometimes you just kind of have to live with that and just be accepting of it rather than angry or spiteful. And it's, it's better to kind of just take it day by day and live with what you have because life isn't always as pretty as you think it's going to be. And the future isn't always how you think it will be. And that's okay. It's something that everyone has to go through with, but it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think at a young age, it's a good thing to get used to. Yeah. So that's a lot of, yeah, I see a lot of acceptance, right? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So is that maybe your, your biggest life lesson or is, or is there anything else that you think would be, you know, yeah, I think that and ooh, a big life lesson. Well, I read a book and it's called The Four Agreements. A close friend of mine recommended it to me. And it's pretty much, have you ever heard of it? I have and I've read it. It's pretty- You've read it? It's a great book. And that changed my life too because so pretty much if you haven't read it, it's like four agreements that you make with yourself to help you live the best life you can live. That's pretty much the premise of the book. And the one that like stuck with me the most with that was to always try your best. And I think you can apply that to any aspect of your life. And I've definitely been trying to apply it more because it's very easy to be hard on yourself, especially at like this age and in college. But if you try your best, even if that means your best for that day is getting out of bed putting on some clothes and making yourself a meal. If that's all you can do, just have to be happy with it. And again, just accept it because your best is going to look different day to day, but you also can't lie to yourself on what your best is because then you're kind of not fulfilling promises with your, with yourself. And it's hard. How do I say this? (laughs) It's hard to, trust yourself if you're constantly lying to yourself. Oh, and this is another thing I learned. Sorry, this is off topic. You could cut part of this. No. <laughs> but I I recently listened to a podcast and it said that self-confidence is built by making promises with yourself and keeping them. And I think that is something that everyone needs to know because once you start incorporating to your life, you'll realize that you can truly build your self-confidence and it's not, it's not some exterior thing. It's not a fake it till you make it or put on a fake smile on days you don't feel good, but rather making small little promises, keeping it and building that trust with yourself. And it's really, again, like trying your best. And if you think, okay, I'm going to go into this exam, let's say, I'll try my best. I'm going to study as hard as I can. And if you truly make that promise with yourself and fulfill it, you can't be mad at yourself because it's the best you could do. And I don't know, it just definitely helped me and my self-esteem a lot too. I think that's, I think something also that we can all use because a lot of times people are so hard on themselves, right? And it's like this constant criticism and wanting to do be, to be and do more and yeah. do better. And I think that's a very useful yeah. lesson. Most definitely. Yeah. And then sometimes, like you said, the, our situations don't allow us like our best may be different every day. And I think that's exactly. Really exactly. So what would you, you know, if there's another young person like you going through the same thing, is there anything that you would tell them? Or if you would talk to yourself, even a young you, what would you, what would you advise them? Oh, I, 
That's tough. I would say to take it day by day. I think it's really easy to get in the mindset of thinking, when this is over, things will be good. When this is over, things will be good. And keep pushing back when you can actually fully live in the moment. But you really have to be present and take things for how they are and just live, day, live each day as it is and enjoy the time that each day brings because for a lot of things, they'll end very suddenly and you'll never get that time back. And it's heartbreaking, but as long as you're present in those moments, you couldn't have done anything else. So don't look too far in the future because you can't change it and you can't you can manifest it a little, but the future has a way, has a brain of its own. So you can't you can't always make it what you want it to be. It's very wise again. I just wanted to mention one thing that you did recently, which is if you want to say anything about your trip to Argentina, which I thought. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, traveling is actually I love traveling. I think you asked about stuff I'm passionate about. No, that's something I'm passionate about. We've, I, I, I feel very fortunate because my parents always emphasize that in our lives. And we got to go on many amazing vacations and trips when I was young. I think I've been to 30 countries now. And every like best memory I have has been traveling. And yeah, recently I studied abroad in Argentina in Buenos Aires for almost seven weeks I took a physics class. I finished my physics sequence and then I took like a fun humanities class. And again, it was truly one of the best experiences of my life. You fully get to immerse yourself and actually live there. And it's completely different than just traveling there. So if anyone has the opportunity to study abroad, definitely do it. And just even if it seems impossible to fit it in, try to fit it in because it's something that you'll never regret and you'll never really have the chance to do again. So I loved it. I wish I could go. I'm going to go back. My goal is to go back. There's so much of the country I haven't seen. So that's great. And I know that also came at a hard time. So I wonder how that fit in, you know? And yeah, it was, it was kind of awful timing. I almost didn't go because again, just things, my dad's health really started declining. It, he was pretty stable when I left, but then about like halfway through my trip, my mom called And they had just, he had just started a new treatment and he had to stop it very quickly because it was going to put him in the hospital. He was in more pain than he had ever been in. And it's hard receiving those calls while you're 14 hours away, having, trying to have a blast in your study abroad program. And it made it tough because I wanted to go home a lot at points just because I felt kind of awful for being there. And I just wanted to be with my family. But my dad definitely stuck it out for me. And he really wanted me to be there. When he had the ability to call and talk in the beginning of the trip, he was always making sure I was having a good time and making sure to let me know that he was okay and that he wants me to be there. And then when I got home, I got to spend almost three weeks of very quality time with him before it went kind of downhill. So Bad timing a little bit, but it definitely made me grow a lot. And yeah, sometimes you do have to put on that fake smile for people around you and that's okay. But yeah, it was definitely worth it. And I don't have any regrets. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that energy was also really good for your dad, you know, just yours, right? Yes, yes. 
sending sending him all the pictures and all the videos. I hope he liked them. Yeah, I'm sure he did. So Nellie, I wanted to ask you, I know you're a huge athlete. I wanted to learn a little bit more about how, like, how is that? What is the role of, I guess, running in your life? Yeah. So I ran cross country throughout high school. And honestly, I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. I was never really into it. And I think now I realize it's because I had someone telling me exactly what to do. And you're a teen and you're a little rebellious. And someone's telling you to do something, that's the last thing you want to do. But it did teach me how to properly run and how to take care of yourself while doing it because it's a little intense on the body. But now it's definitely made me like a lifetime runner. And it's something I do probably five to six times a week. I absolutely love it. It's the only thing that truly clears my mind. And I ran my first half marathon last fall. And it was something I kind of randomly just wanted to do. I did it with my mom. We didn't run together, but like we did the same race. And that was the first time that I was like truly empowered. I was like, wow, I did this for myself. There was no ulterior motive. I just like wanted to run this race and I trained for it. And like, it was a good goal to have. And I did it. And like, I felt amazing after. And after that, I was like, well, this is something that I need to do for the rest of my life. I want to continue running races. So I actually recently signed up for one in October 2nd. And this one's very special to me because I um, was able to get in contact with the American Cancer Society and I'm going to be a sponsored runner for them. So pretty much I'll like be wearing their bib. I'll be running for my dad. And then there's we've raised, I think, like $3,700 so far. So people can donate. And all the money, all the proceeds go to cancer research and also uh, treatment for patients who can't afford it. And I don't know, it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. And if I continue to run, I'll definitely continue to run for the American Cancer Society. And yeah, I love it. And so if you don't think you're a runner, anyone can be a runner. So you just have to start slowly and you'll start to love it. So it's very near and dear to my heart and something I'll do till the day I die. Also, it was like having a practice might be something I mean, five to six days a week is actually pretty intense. So I wonder if that's something that's important in terms of, like you said, it helped you with focus, right? Most definitely. And just like stress relief. Like there have been so many times where, I don't know, things aren't going well at home or I'm just bored of doing school, frustrated with it. And it doesn't take long. I can just go out for a three mile run. It takes, what, 25 minutes and it completely completely changes my mood. I will go be going from having the worst day ever to have a smile on my face and I can focus and it just relieves so many endorphins. People say there's a thing called runner's high and I didn't believe it until I finally experienced it. It it took it takes me a long a lot of miles to get to it, but it's like a very euphoric feeling where you're just like you're so proud of yourself and you like I don't know, it had I have a whole new appreciation for my body now. It's like your body can do so much, like it can take you 13 miles. It's insane. And so it makes me want to just like treat my body better. And I don't know. I, I just think it's amazing. Wow. Now I feel like running. <laughs> I'll run with you. Oh my, I can, I can, sh- I can show you the ways I have good trails by our house. So it'd be really fun. And then um, do you have anything before we, anything else you would like to say before we end this conversation? I think if there's any other kids or even like young adults who have a parent or anyone close to them who's sick in their life, just 
don't be angry, even though it's really easy to be angry. And don't be hard on yourself because in situations like that, there really is no right decisions to make. And just try to spend as much time as you can with them and keep them happy, even if you're unhappy with the situation and you'll get through it. And if you need to talk to anyone, I'm here because I feel for you and your family. And it's a very hard thing to go through. But sadly, a lot of people do go through it. So hang in there and just always try your best. Thank you, Natalie. That's great. This is the Global Youth Matters podcast. We hope you'll subscribe or follow us at Apple Podcast or your favorite pod platform. We would really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review, especially on Apple. This helps us build an audience. Finally, we want to hear from you. You can reach us by email at globalyouthmatters at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.